Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. This is Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Tampa Bay Rays reliever Robert Stevenson is one of the, the best stories in baseball. Why? Because he's become maybe the best relief pitcher in baseball. He was traded in early June from the Pirates to the Rays in a trade that no one really paid attention to at all. He had a 4.91 ERA. He was a first-round pick back in 2011. Had bounced around, you know, just trying to hang on in the major leagues. Next thing you know... As we sit here, since being acquired by the Rays on June 2nd, he's pitched in 31 and two-thirds innings. He has struck out 49 guys. He's only walked eight, 2.56 ERA. Absolutely dominant. One of the best stories, maybe the best to reliever. And that's why we wanted to have him on the podcast. It's a great, great opportunity to see behind the curtain, see under the hood. We've seen it before. We've had on Ryan Brazier. We had on Jake Diekman the other day. Plenty of examples. But when you're talking about guys who have done an about face and had a journey punctuated in such a way that, that you, you can't believe what's happening, I mean, yes, Brazier, Diekman, these other guys, they, it's unbelievable what they're doing. But the guy that baseball is just has their eyes wide open about are uh, just a gasp at the results, the turnaround. It's Robert Stevenson. And as Lance Brzdowski p- tweets out, since August 11th, nine and a third innings, 17 strikeouts, one walk, getting a 75% swing and miss rate against righties on his slider and cutter during that stretch. All right, so enough talk. This is a great story. He's a great guy. It's a great conversation. Here you go, Robert Stevens. All right, 
one of the best stories. I'm just going to say it, Robert. One of the best stories. Congratulations on everything. Thank you very much. Yeah, and it's there's a lot to sort of pick through your year. And I've talked to Jake. Jake Diekman just came on with us yeah. just the other day, and he's you know sort of broke down like how like coming to this organization, the Rays organization, changed him. Right. Um, so I'll just take you know I, I just want to take you back to when you were traded. Yeah. Like so, you were a first round pick, obviously, by the Reds in high school. We can talk about this, but when you were traded, where were you at? Like in terms of your mentality, in terms of how you felt about yourself, in terms of because being traded is cool because yeah. someone wants you, but you know it's like well somebody else doesn't want you. So, right. So where were you at with that? Uh, you know, I think at the moment it was like I had a really good April and. I felt like, you know, obviously I really struggled a lot in May, and I, I felt like everything was just almost there, but nothing was really falling into place. Um, so it was kind of a struggle recently, um, or I guess recent at that moment. Yeah. Um, and I was just not in the best mental place, um, but being traded to the Rays, you know, obviously was excited about that, just knowing all of their history with pitchers and, um, you know, how they've developed guys over the years, and it's like okay, well, this is going to be really good for me. So I um, was really excited to, to come here and then be able to work with Snyder. And, you know, obviously he's about as good as it gets in this game, you know. Well, we've we've had on both Jake and Kyle, right? And Jake yeah. said it coming here it just hits different yeah like when you get the message the message is you know hit the glove right throw a strike one yeah you hear that i mean you probably heard it in little league yeah no but it hits different when you're here right i think it's just the way they present it to you um you know it's 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 really a lot of trust on both sides and i think it's it's the way it's presented to you the way they show the data and kind of like approach you with it and just show you like your stuff can play in the zone. Just throw strikes, and you don't have to try to expand the zone early in the count. You don't have to try to nibble and be on the corners to get guys out. You know, you can you can live in the zone and be okay. And I think that's the hardest thing to realize is in other organizations that just hadn't clicked was you can throw in the zone and not get hurt. Well, especially as a major leaguer, and we've talked about yeah. this again with Jake and other guys, is that is that the ma- when you're in the major leaguers, you hear hitters can hit 100 miles an hour, hitters right. can hit anything, yeah. you know, and then that's why, you, but you have to hit your spots, right? which is kind of counterintuitive to actually what's been working. And I think that that's kind of where people tend to struggle is because you're trying so hard to nibble and hit spots and you know, you, you end up behind in the count, and when you're behind in the count, it's a lot easier to make that mistake and a lot easier for guys to do damage on that mistake. And when you're ahead in the count, you know, guys really don't do a whole lot with it, even if it is in the middle of the plate, because just because they're behind in the count. Before we get back to the high points, what was your low point? Because like, this is a good story, man. It's always good to come out of the... Low point this year or... No, no, ever. In general? Um, I mean... I think probably COVID year. That was probably the lowest point for me was, you know, I... Uh, obviously it was COVID in general to begin with and so there was nobody in the seats and um, you couldn't have family around you couldn't really have a whole lot going on we're kind of just all stuck together all the time and it was a bad atmosphere it was it's hard to pitch in. I really struggled that really? year. Yeah, it was it was a really bad year. And then after that that season, I ended up getting traded to the Rockies, and you know, it was a good fresh start for me. But I think that was the breaking point where I was like, I need a change of scenery, and that really was a huge change for me. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, it seems, probably seems like a long time ago. Anyway, yeah. Right. So, so we go back. We've also had a lot of first round picks on. Yeah. And including like first first round picks, Mickey Moniak, the guy <laughs> who just was called AAA as a 19 year old Jackson Holiday, and Mickey had it said it was a blessing and a curse. Right. Like everyone's like, hey, you're a first round pick. Right. Well, he was a first overall pick. Yeah. But it's but then everyone's looking at every single thing that you yeah. do, and you hadn't probably failed probably at all right that was the thing like coming through the minor leagues you know I had pretty good success at every level other than you know double A I'd had a little troubles and spent a little extra time there but never really anything to the extent that I'd had um, coming up when I like first got my taste in the major leagues and I think that was hard having that you know expectation of you're supposed to be the next best prospect yeah, or something. You know, it's, it yeah. was it was it was hard to try to live up to that. I feel it, it feels like you know, no matter how good you do, you can't live up to it. Um, so it, it was like you said, blessing and a curse, and kind of having the struggles to where honestly, where everyone kind of forgot about it, and then kind of having to make a name for myself to, again. That's, that's is, weird to say, though, right? Yeah, but it was it was honestly the best thing for me, just so that way I could kind of restart. Okay, so when you were drafted, where, did you commit to a college? I was committed to university. Washington. Washington, that's right. Yeah. Okay, Washington. And, and you know, again, it's, it's great to be picked in the first round. Yeah. Was there any doubt at all that you were gonna, this was the path you were going to take? I mean, you know, I would, it was pretty much down to the wire at the last second when I ended up signing. Um, and I was totally prepared to go to school, and um, I'm sure I would have enjoyed my time there, too. But, you know, obviously this is the dream. You know, I wanted yeah. to come play baseball. So you talk about the dream, and you also talk about the path. Like, yeah. did you... You, li- you know, listen, knock on wood, whatever, yeah. like you want to, you're living the dream. Like you have, I look up at stats and you're the best relief pitcher in baseball. I'm just going to say, like you're whiff rate and everything else. You're living the dream. But did you ever, was there ever a time where you felt like as much confidence as I had as a first round draft pick and going through the minor leagues and success and everything, like it's, it's just, I'm, I don't, I'm going to have to settle for something that I didn't think I'm going to have to settle for. I think that was the first taste in 2017. That was when I got put in the bullpen and it's kind of like you know I felt like I'd failed because I got put in the bullpen and you know I was like you know I want to be a starter I'm a starting pitcher this is what I'm here to do and I want to do my best to get back to the big leagues as a starter Um, and I was kind of that little taste of reality like look at at the end of that season and then coming into 2019 when I was in the bullpen full time I was like I gotta do whatever it takes to stay in the big leagues and if this is that one opportunity I have to stay then I need to do everything I can to make the most of it it's hard to you can say that yeah still that's uh like to say you know okay my my new life is as a reliever right and because let's be honest the the relievers the the guys that we remember are usually closers or right. and you know maybe set up guys yeah but you know like okay I mean I know pretty even the major leagues get it <laughs> but still it's it's still like what probably a tough yeah no I mean well. like if, if that's what I've done my whole life and that was what I was expecting to do when I got to the big leagues and you know obviously things didn't work out but I think you know for me it was just kind of a blessing to have a second chance and and to be given that opportunity in the bullpen and you know it wasn't always good the whole way but um, I'm thankful that I've had an opportunity every single year to, to pitch in the big leagues and get better. Okay, so we talked about pounding the strike zone. Give me another reason why guys swing the baseball bat and miss the baseball. I have done it a lot. Um, in what sense, you mean? 
is it a new pitch? Is it a different like for me specifically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I know you're, you're. I saw it read on your Wikipedia page. Yeah. You have you had a four GPA, so I know that you have a, that mindset. But yeah. no, just you would you uh, particularly. Um, I think for me, you know, I throw the, the slider I throw is kind of a bullet spin gyro slider, and I think that that pitch, um, you know, just with my repertoire, kind of. I don't know. It's, I guess it's hard for hitters to pick up just because it might look like a fastball that, that's staying in the zone and then maybe kind of drops out. Obviously, I've, I haven't hit off myself, so I don't yeah. know what it looks like in the box, but I would guess that that's kind of... Okay, so, so how you had that before, or did you change it? Did you change it when you get here? Or sometimes you hear like, hey, listen, that's your best pitch. Throw, yeah. throw it a lot more than you did. No, I mean, I knew it was my best pitch, but there was ways for it to get better. And I think when I got here, that was when it got a lot better was because I was able to you know work with Snyder and just tweak a couple little things with it and then throw, start throwing it harder. And I think that, that that time for hitters to react just because it's a little bit harder just gives them a little bit less time to react. When, that's the thing which is, you know, we can look at radar gun ratings and everything, but hitters' reaction to me is like the, the appeal on the... So when you get here, you make those tweaks and you start to see... Do you start subtly seeing the hitters reacting? You say, oh, like that swing looks a little late or a little different or they're missing a little bit more. Did, did you start seeing that right away? I definitely noticed it. I mean, like, the very first day I started throwing it, like, hard, like higher 80s and 90, um, I could tell, like, the, the swings were different. Like, you know, you could see that they were reacting differently to that pitch, whereas before, when I'm throwing it in the low 80s, mid 80s, sometimes guys had time to react to it, and they get a barrel on it. Um, they kind of see it a little bit deeper in the ca- or in the box, and, um, you know, and now, and now it's like guys are swinging it like it's a fastball still. Yeah. it's that's a, That must be a good feeling. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Definitely a good feeling. Yeah. So, the, um, the we, we also had we just had on the Dodgers closer mm-hmm. another Tampa Bay Rays alum and another great story too and and we you know we asked him about the life of the life of a reliever and life as a closer he's used you know where we got the production of the the walk-in music and everything else yeah do you like living that life? I mean, this is because the other good thing about relieving is the adrenaline rush, right? I think, I, I honestly, I love it so much more than starting. Do you just, really? I really do because the routine to me is just, it's a lot better suited for me. You know, you, as a starter, you spend four out of the five days in the dugout. You're kind of just hanging out watching. You're not really doing anything. You're not as engaged. Um, in the bullpen, you're engaged every single day other than maybe a couple days a week when you're down. Um, so you you come to the field, you prepare, you have to have your, uh, a daily routine, and you know, we have so much time together as a group, and I feel like I love having that that group chemistry. You know, That's cool too. Got, it's such you know, a weird dynamic. You get to know everybody, yeah. And uh, you know, you're like a little unit out there, so it's fun. I think it's just, I don't know, it's it's more fun. And then, like you said, the adrenaline coming in late in the game, um, and then. You know, when you're on the road, you get people booing you, and I, I love that. And then when you're at home, you, you get really? your music. I love it. Yeah, oh, it's my favorite. Right. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I did the book that came out this year with Joe Kelly. Yeah. You guys should get together, man. <laughs> like, they, they like the, like the, the booing of the, you yeah. know, that's that's the that's the thing that gets you. When it, well, because it makes you angry, and then it's like, okay, I'm ready to go now. All right. So I, I love it. It's, it's perfect. Do you have any, have any good like good? trash talking stories in bullpens with crowds or anything like that? I think my favorite one ever was uh, we were in San Francisco um, a while back and 
there was a lady in the stands who was like, um, I, I was wearing my pants down at the time and they were really loose and she's like, you need to get a bigger butt or you need to get tighter pants. I was like, oh man. <laughs> She might be right. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I started wearing my pants up. Oh, like, really? Yeah. Uh, so you just say, tip is chapeau to you, my fair lady. Yeah, uh, yeah, you are so correct. Like, you know what? Okay, you're right. <laughs> I was not expecting that. It was a good one, though. I yeah, liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you have a, oh, a walk in music? So yeah. What do you have? Um, right now, it's uh, Swedish House Mafia. I kind of change them a lot, honestly. I'll okay. change them a couple times a year. Just whatever whatever I'm enjoying at the moment. So you have a reliever who you, now that you're a reliever, you can, that you like said, I want to be like. Not really. You know, I feel like for me, I just want to try to be the best version of myself. And I've never really looked at pictures and tried to model myself. Really? Somebody. Um, Not even wiffle ball? (laughs) No. Uh. It's just, you know, I think it's like when you try to be somebody else, you're not, being the best version of yourself, you know, you have to stick with what works for you. Okay, you didn't have a your favorite team. As a, as a growing up as a kid, I enjoyed uh, watching the Giants, and then so okay. I would watch like Schmidt uh, and Lincecum and Matt Cain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when those guys were in there, and then, um, but you know, never tried to no, throw like any of them. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, that's why you're who you are. Now you have yeah. little kids imitating you. That's good. <laughs> uh, so, I, so, most important question, most important two questions. Um, thing that the most bizarre thing that you've ever signed or asked to be signed i think i didn't i didn't sign it because i think the parents would have killed me but one kid asked me to sign his forehead and i just didn't feel right doing it how old was the kid he's probably eight or nine (laughs) (laughs) so good first of all good move you're you're responsible i mean it's going to go away at some point anyway but it's just going to be stuck on his forehead and the parents are definitely not going to be happy about it so yeah yeah if it's an adult you worry if they're actually getting a tattoo yeah yeah Yeah. that's a good one though that's a good one we've had toasters welding helmets socks some weird ones yeah that's good uh, alright last one why isn't baseball boring no wrong answers commissioner answer this so you can yeah. I think baseball isn't boring because there's no you can't just run the clock down to win the game you know you have to make every single pitch count every single at bat count until the game's over I think that's the best part of baseball excellent answer thank you so much thank you okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.